Hey, I am so glad you are here for the second episode of this week. It's a twofer. Each week, I want to create a follow-up episode for you that is short, sweet, and all about the action steps from this week's longer podcast. So each week, I'm just going to distill the longer episode down into a couple of bullet points that I want you to act on immediately to make a big impact in your business. So, you know, the goal is to actually take what we've talked about and go do the thing. (laughs) So... I am your host of The Efficient Advisor, Libby Grywe, and I built a 100% referral-only planning practice and grew it to seven figures as a solo advisor, all while working just three days a week and taking off 14 weeks a year. So my big objective is I'm just obsessed with helping other advisors do the same thing. I'm here to walk alongside you and to show you how to take immediate action on the most important strategies for scaling, organizing, and creating less stress and overwhelm in your business. I am all about the simple systems. Um, I see all the time advisors building their businesses and making everything way more complicated than it needs to be. So I am here to help you simplify, here to give you easy to implement solutions to some of your biggest problems. And This week's episode was a mailbag episode where I took some of the questions that you guys were posing out there in the Efficient Advisor community and over on LinkedIn, and the most important content that I can give you is what matters to you. So I love this idea of mailbag. So I've been doing Q&As for a while over in the Efficient Advisor community, and now I'm excited to bring that to podcast format. I will be dropping the video version of these answers in the efficient advisor community, I've been leaking them out, you know, every like one small, one bite size, bite size pieces every week or so. And I'm also dripping some additional answers to additional questions in the efficient advisor community that you won't find here on the podcast. So if you like these QA style bits, make sure you are part of the efficient advisor community over on Facebook because there will be lots more coming to you. Okay, so this week's episode was a mailbag, and we basically got a little down and dirty on three different things. The first was hiring, and obviously you have to go back and listen to the whole episode, but um, under the hiring category, the takeaways here were really spending some time defining the role and hiring the right person for the role, not hiring the right person and trying to craft a role around them. So in order to scale your business, you really need to create a role that your business needs and then find the right person to fill that. So I just had conversations with two women advisors this week. Shout out to Michelle and shout out to Eva. Both of them are in the process of hiring or just hired someone. And we're both going on and on and on about the Colby Wright fit. And I will make sure I drop that link in the show notes for you. But they use the Colby Wright fit to make that final hiring decision. So both of them said they got down to a couple of different candidates and then did the Colby, spent the money, made the investment, and did the Colby to really help them choose the candidate that was going to fit the role best. And both of them said to me, like, it's just, you know, I'm always willing to spend that money because it's invaluable from a not wasting time or wasting money 
hiring the wrong person and getting them up and running only to find out that they're not a really great fit for the role. So slow to hire, right? Make the investment, do it the right way, and make sure that you know exactly what you're hiring for. And when you're designing the role, design it for what your business needs. So what are the scalable items that you can teach or you can template and delegate away? Okay, the second topic we covered was on referral gifts. Okay, and I and I loved this. So I want to add an idea. So I didn't talk about this in the Tuesday episode. And this is my shout out to coaching client Steve. He gave me an amazing idea this week, and I thought this was really fun. But we were talking about the idea of referral gifts being personalized. And in a perfect world, they're going to be personalized to your client. They're going to show the client that you thought of them, that you care about them, that you've been paying attention, and that it's something unique and interesting. And Steve gave me a really great idea this week. He said, especially for clients who have millions and millions and millions of dollars, which were not the clients that I served, but (laughs) for those of you that have really wealthy clients, and I think this would work at any level, but we were kind of commenting or talking about how what do you get the person who can literally afford just about anything? Like, what do, you, what do you get them that's really unique and special? And he shared, there's an app called Cameo, and I'm sure you've heard of this. Um, I kind of like forgot it existed, and this is like an amazing idea. So Cameo is where you can hire celebrities or, you know, mostly probably like B-list celebrities, athletes, um, et cetera, to create custom messages for people. So he was sharing that he had a client who was a huge, oh my gosh, I don't remember which team it was. Let's say it's a a Cubs fan. And he had a very famous Cubs player create a special birthday message just for her. And he said it went over so well, like she was just floored by how awesome that it was that, you know, one of her favorite all-time players delivered a personal message just for her and went on and on about how it's her birthday and how, you know, fans like her are the core of why they do what they do and how excited they are. I mean, anyway, he said she just loved it. So I wanted to share that idea with you guys. And he told me that I could. So cameo. Okay. So personalized is best. And anytime I have a chance to say this, I always do an item with your logo on it is not a gift. Okay. That is promotional swag. (laughs) And, you know, and the question was from Amy and she had asked like, well, what can I give someone who refers me over and over? Like, I, you know, if you have kind of a standard, this is the cookie package that we send to everybody that makes a referral to our office, or we send this candle or this glass baby, what can I do for someone who has referred multiple people to me? And we talked about either switching up referral ideas and go back to the episode where I talked about a system to actually capture ideas for referral gifts, but either coming up with something personal each and every time and having this list ready to go so you don't have to think too hard about it each and every time and you know someone on your team could even do it for you um, and do the idea gathering or some sort of consumable. So something that they eat, something that they take in, something that they use, um, whether it's like a cool notepad stationary kind of thing, or, you know, like I said, cookies, candies, chocolates. In my perfect world, you would do something from a local business because that's a great way to get to know the business owners as well. Okay. 
And the third topic we talked about was, oh, and this was such a good question. I love this. She, the question was actually from an operations person. And if your ops people don't listen to this podcast, you should get them turned on to this podcast because it's all systems, processes, operational procedures, and feel free to invite those people into the Efficient Advisor community because lately there's been all kinds of talk about workflows and automation, and that's amazing stuff for your ops people to be kind of taking in. So if they're going to be dinking around on Facebook during their lunch break, they might as well be doing something effective for your business. Am I right or am I right? Okay. So this was actually from an operations person who said, you know, I have all of these calls coming in all day long from clients and my advisor's in back-to-back meetings. And I'm sending her emails each time a client calls in and then I feel like she's getting inundated with emails and she doesn't really have the time to respond. And we're like, what? Just what's a better way to do that? And we talked about building in time with your advisor to ask the questions and training your clients up front and training your team to get as much detail from the clients as humanly possible to gather as much information so that when someone calls them back, they have all of the information. There's nothing worse than someone saying, oh, I need to talk to Tracy, have Tracy call me. Then Tracy finds time later in the day, calls, they're not available, they call back, Tracy's not available, Tracy calls them back. Finally, they connect and they say, oh, I have a question about such and such. And advisor Tracy goes, well, I have to do some research before I call you back. Now you've like pinged back and forth a couple of times. It's just a big old waste of time. So if you can get as much information as humanly possible out of your clients so that when you call them back or when somebody from your office calls them back with the information, that it's a one-time deal. And we start this in our onboarding process, which we actually talked about in an episode a few episodes ago, where we build that confidence in our clients in the competency of everyone on our team. And we specifically say, you know, when we're with you in meetings, we are with you in meetings and you have our 100% undivided attention. And we offer that same level of intensity to every single client that comes in. So there's often, there will be times that you call into the office and neither myself or Lori, who is my directors of operation, um, neither Lori or I will be available. So if you can leave as detailed a message as humanly possible with our super competent team, that would be the best way for us to give you a call back with all the right information. So it's setting the stage from the very beginning and setting that expectation. You can always add that to your agenda and make that part of your new process, like sharing them with your clients. Like, hey, we've noticed this kind of a thing in order for us to serve you better. We're just asking that when people call in, blah, 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 blah. So you can do that. You can, you know, you don't have to, even if you haven't done it from the beginning of client relationships, you can always add it to your agenda and make it part of your current sort of process or, you know, DNA of your practice. So setting in time, for me, it was over lunch. Lori would come in and be like, okay, here's all the questions that I couldn't answer this morning or that I specifically needed to run by you. I would verbally then give her all of the answers that I could, and she would call the clients back with that information. If it was something that really definitely 100% needed exclusively my attention, which was really rare, right? If you have fully licensed um, teammates, it's very, very rare that something ended up on my plate. But I did have time built into my schedule, and you can go back to the Model Week episode Um, where I talk about having time in my schedule for those callbacks. And it's setting expectations again with your clients. If they call at nine o'clock in the morning and your team member determines it's something that you're going to have to take care of, they can easily say, hey, 
Libby has some time in her calendar today at 5 p.m. or tomorrow at noon, she will give you a call back at that time. Is that good for you? So letting the clients know it's not going to be at noon today. It's not going to be at one today. It's not going to be right away. It's going to happen at whatever time I said a minute ago. (laughs) So setting expectations, I think, is really important. And I love to set longer than expected expectations. So let's say clients call in and they're like, oh, I need you to do this, this, and this. And your team's like, okay, great. We have to fill out some forms. Instead of leaving it open-ended, like, sure, we'll get that to you. It's very easy to set expectations and say, great, we will have that out to you by the end of the week. And then if you get it out tomorrow, awesome. It's going to go out so much faster. But what it does is it takes the pressure off of you and it takes the pressure off of your team. And as long as it's something not life-threatening, which there are no life, life-threatening life emergencies in financial planning, but if it's not something that needs to happen like immediately or someone is going to die or not be able to buy a car or whatever, if it's something that a beneficiary update or something that can take a couple of days, take the pressure off of your team. So that way, not every task feels like an urgent you know, has to happen right away. You know, you have a model week and ideally your team has a model week as well. So they might have time in their calendar when their energy is best for completing paperwork or doing detailed work that those are going to go out. So your, your team can certainly say, great, I have time for forms on Thursday. I'm going to go ahead and get those filled out for you on Thursday. So you should see those, um, you know, through DocuSign sometime Thursday afternoon. Or I'm going to mail them to you. You should see them by, you know, hopefully by Saturday. So setting expectations. And then if a pocket of time becomes available and you can get it done early, awesome. Then you're just exceeding expectations. But when you leave it open-ended, there's really then no expectation. And when there's no expectation, it kind of defaults to like right away. So if it's, oh, I'll have Libby call you back, the expectation is going to be that It's going to be pretty quick versus I'm going to have Libby call you back, but she can't do that till tomorrow at 10 a.m. or whatever. So those are the highlights from this week's mailbag episode. And if you want to submit any questions of your own for the next mailbag or to just be answered over in the Efficient Advisor community, there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. You can do that either by creating your own thread in the Efficient Advisor community. I love this as an option because not only do you get my feedback and you know, and my researcher, if, if it's a question that I don't know the answer to, I might go around and ask some friends, you know, do some research for you. But you get my opinion and ideas, but you also get the opinion of the other like 700 advisors in the community. So, and not only the advisors, but most of the podcast guests that I have had on the show are invited to be members of the community. So they'll chime in. It, it's just really awesome. So creating a thread is a great way to get a wide variety of ideas. And I mentioned earlier that people were talking workflow and um, automation. I mean, people were literally screenshotting their workflows and putting it in there for people. I think that that's just amazing. So you're only allowed to join the Efficient Advisor community if you are an awesome human um, that loves this idea of sharing resources, providing feedback, helping people elevate the practice because when the you know all boats rise together. So the better we can make the financial planning community, the better everybody looks. Okay. Uh, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> 
So that's the one way you could create a thread inside of the Efficient Advisor community. The other way is to reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's my platform of choice. You guys know that. So you can certainly send me a message or comment on any of the posts. And on both LinkedIn and in the Efficient Advisor community, I, I'm going to be doing a Q&A post once a month just asking or soliciting questions. And you can certainly comment on there as well. Facebook Messenger, not I'm not as active on that, so it's not the best way to get a hold of me. I will see it eventually. <laughs> all right, that's all I've got for today. My goal is to keep these short and sweet, and I always seem to have a lot to say. And I really... Hopefully you guys can slow down your podcast if you're on iTunes, like you might want to slow me down. I've had a lot of coffee today, so I know that was maybe a little like talking at light speed. And if you have any local auctions coming up, feel free to hit me up if you need a fast-talking auctioneer. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to wrap this up. Love to see you guys over at the Efficient Advisor community. Would love to hear more of your questions that you would like answered for the next mailbag episode. And I've said it a couple of times on here now, if you want to hang out with me live, there is the XYPN Live conference in Denver coming up. And Matt Jarvis of The Perfect RIA and his brother Stephen Jarvis of Retirement Tax Services, who is on the show and is one of the most downloaded episodes. He's just awesome. And Benjamin Brandt and a few other really cool advisors are going to be there doing a pre-conference event. I have a code for you where you will get a discount. The code is Libby, all caps. And I will drop that in the show notes as well for you. And it's just going to be a really great day of sharing all the ideas of how to deliver massive value to your clients in a super efficient format so that you can really have a business and a life that you love. Have an amazing weekend, and I will talk to you guys next Tuesday.